0: You'll
1: meet students that will say they never do any readings in law school, that they just read briefs or they just go to
0: lectures. <laughs> you know they're bullshit. You know they do it. They're
1: secretly doing them, yeah.
0: When the law can be broken Welcome to What's Law Got To Do With It? A lighthearted look at life in law school. I'm Professor Richard Haig. And today my guest is, well, I'll let her introduce herself, but her name is Kristen Shore. And Kristen, why don't you uh, tell me a little bit about yourself?
1: Yes, I'm a 1L student at U of T Law. Um, Before U of T Law, I did an undergrad in communication studies at Wilfrid Laurier University. I also did a one-year master's after that in the cultural analysis and social theory program there. And then I worked for almost two years during the pandemic. Um, And then I decided to go back to school because I could not resist. So here we are now.
0: So, uh, okay. So you've had a little bit of work experience. Was it related to your undergrad degree?
1: Um. In a way, it was. I did communications in my undergrad, so I think a lot of communications or um, marketing or English students sometimes go into advertising. So I was in media and specifically paid search, which like Google ads and stuff like that, um, it was not what I learned at all in school, but having communication studies on your resume I think employers see that and they think that you know about social media and Google, even though I never learned a thing to do with that. Um, so that's what I did for a couple of years.
0: <laughs> okay, um, and we will I'll get into this a bit later, but I always have to ask my second standard question, which you're aware of, um, give us a favorite. It doesn't have to be the favorite, but a, or a movie, TV show, or a podcast related to law that you really like, let's say.
1: Yeah, well, you probably get this one a lot, but probably my favorite, like, legal show was How to Make a Murderer, um, on Netflix. That docuseries is amazing, and... I thought it I was, bef- I watched it when it came out, which was probably in my second year of undergrad. So it was quite some time ago, but I thought the story Danny was just incredible. Bernstein was
0: everything incredible. that Stephen wasn't. So just think of the
1: two of them side by side. There was no real investigation done by the sheriff's department. The sheriff told the DA not to screw this case up. He wanted Avery convicted of this crime. There isn't one iota of physical evidence in this case that connects Stephen Avery to it.
0: In fact, the sheriff was told by the police, you have the wrong guy. Definitely has been. Some of my guests have mentioned that. First of all, Chris, let's just explain maybe to the audience how it is that you and I came to know you. Why are you on the podcast? Because <laughs> I'm an Osgood, yeah. I'm an Osgood prof, and you're a U of T student. How did it all happen? Maybe you can explain that for the audience. Yeah. So,
1: so in first year, I feel like I going into school, I didn't know like how you get involved in extracurriculars or anything, but. I'm pretty sure it's like this at all the schools, they really give you a lot of information on things you can get involved in. And at U of T, you basically fill out a form um, listing what public interest organizations you are ranking, which ones you'd like to get involved in. And then you kind of get matched to, the, matched to one somewhat, I'm not sure the process of how they match you, but I happened, I ranked PBSC, um, this criminal law project as my first choice and I was able to get that. So, um, and then, so yeah, I'm helping you with your, your research project, and that's how we are. I thought it was interesting to, to be involved in a research project. That's why I wanted to, and I was lucky enough to get what I what I had hoped for.
0: Yeah, and that's a, that's exactly it, although, uh, you know, a lot of students don't want research projects for their PBSC. They want more practical things, but I think it's good that there are a few of few projects like ours maybe you how about if I again put you on the spot and get you to explain the project that I'm involved in because I'm not sure if I mentioned this on the air before and I want to I want to see how you're able to to distill my project down into an elevator pitch
1: (laughs) all right let's give it a go (laughs) um I would the project is looking um and I don't know what the word is uh like statistical sense, it's definitely in a way data-driven looking at um, judicial bias by looking at all of the criminal decisions in, um, in Ontario. I believe it's limited to Ontario. Um, just reading them and recording their outcomes in an Excel spreadsheet is what we were doing, um, but specifically with an eye to the ethnicity of the accused. Um, the ethnicity of the judge, the gender of the judge, and the gender of the accused to see if there's any patterns in in sentencing, in um, the finding of guilt or innocence. And I think yeah, those are the main things. And then if there's any trends with with, uh, and we record the charge as well, and with charter applications, if if some some people are more successful than others. Um, yeah, I, I think that's the elevator pitch.
0: That was pretty good, yeah. I, well, you're a communications specialist, right? So you're supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was perfect. I, uh, I don't think I have, as I said before, I don't think I've mentioned it on the podcast, that particular research project, because I have a few and I know I've mentioned some other ones. Uh, and I should explain a little bit more to the audience that I have students from Ryerson, from U of T and from Osgood all involved in this project. But Kristen has a kind of special place because you, along with one other of the six or so students I had, figured out a system for my own data collection, a coding uh, that was better than what I originally thought. So I, 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 I'm, I've got you on the air, and I can thank you for that. It was, it's, it's good. We actually changed the project kind of midstream in a way, or added to the project midstream. Well,
1: uh, I'm glad I could contribute in some way.
0: <laughs> yeah although it's a it's a big project it's going to be one of these ones that takes years for us
1: yeah to... you've been working on it for a while now right
0: yes I hope your experience was good. I never, I didn't, I don't know what to expect. I shouldn't ask that question on, on air here, but. <laughs> it
1: was good, it was
0: good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's good. And we'll, and I'll be continuing to do it next year with some new students. So it's, it's these are one of the things. So one of the things I talk about on this podcast is, you know, all the opportunities that law students have in particular, compared to say undergrad students and, and, and other disciplines. There's just so many things that you can do Uh, and engage with in a law degree so Mm -hmm. uh, now the other thing is so yeah you mentioned you're a u of t student and i think most students law students across canada who listen to this as well as some who are international students will have heard about u of t u of t is always you know comes up at the top of the list of law schools in canada so one of the things that i thought we Kristen and i can discuss is what is it like to be at supposedly Canada's best law school? Is it, does it Was it something that you really thought you'd like, that's where you wanted to go? Or was it uh, just a, did you fly to other places? Maybe you can just get into some background on that as well.
1: Yeah, the application process is so interesting and, and quite a lot of work <laughs> um, and a lot of um, stakes. If you don't get in, you kind of have to wait for the next year and there's a lot of riding on it. So I really like empathize with anyone going through that. It's definitely a difficult process. Um, I applied to U of T and honestly, I, I felt embarrassed to apply. Cause I did not think I would get in <laughs> <laughs> um, and I thought I'll just shoot my shot and try um, because I just had heard how impossible it is to get into U of T um but it is similar to osgood as well i think it's very difficult to get into osgood as well so anyway it's difficult to get into any law school honestly that's the hardest part and once you're in you're in and yeah. i would say you're you're golden after that but um my experience with um applying to law school was i think osgood and u of t were my top choices cuz i liked the idea of staying in the gta like toronto area um also like well known Uh, law schools so that was definitely they to me they're both great law schools in my mind but once I did get into U of T I couldn't resist being in the downtown core and also being in one of the like more difficult to get into schools definitely appealed to me I don't know there's something about it um, like the exclusivity of it Um, and
0: yeah why wouldn't why wouldn't you say who 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 turns down U of T it would be hard to imagine maybe some but
1: i was gonna say the only the reason i might have turned it down was osgood appealed to me um with my background i just felt like i would fit in there better i thought like more social justice type types would be there (laughs) and i was worried that u of t would be all bay street people um ironically i'm working on bay street this summer so now i'm that person (laughs) but um yeah
0: you didn't see yourself there before no
1: like not at all i i really Uh, thought that i was gonna be interested in some public interest type jobs (laughs) or criminal law or something or mag but um i ended up uh, doing the 1l recruit and kind of getting swept away in that and now i'm working um and basically and you know i'm i'm kind of happy about it though because i think it will be a great experience and and um, I'll learn a lot,
0: so yes, I, I it all worked out. <laughs> you, you, you definitely will. I always wondered if it's a bit of a myth that Osgood is thought of as a social justice law school in Toronto and U of T is thought of as the Bay Street Law School. and yet I know lots of students at Osgood that go to Bay Street and I think there's more social justice at U of T than is commonly known. am I am I I right? think it is yeah.
1: a, a bit of a myth, I would say and I think like any school you go to, If it's a school like Osgoode and U of T, like you'll, you'll have as much opportunity as you need, you know, you'll be able to find the things that I think you want to get interested. All of my friends actually are doing public interest jobs this summer. I'm like the only one that's not.
0: So (laughs) So it's
1: definitely like.
0: (laughs) And they've stuck with you as friends. Hey, even after that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: No, and I think that's true about every law school in Canada, basically students uh you know we'll go off in different directions and i don't think there's any you know yeah of course there might be uh trends or you know a school might be known for certain things but it doesn't mean it's exclusively known for that Mm -hmm. yeah um do you find so one of the things we i talked about on this podcast way back when i first began was, was the idea of imposter syndrome and i wondered again at, at u of t if that is particularly because as you even already alluded to it you weren't sure if you even belonged there yeah um <laughs> so you're now finished year one how or how do you did you did you find some of that in your case
1: that's a good question i feel like that is probably the most like accurate way to characterize my <laughs> experience um like, yeah, getting into a program that you think um, everyone is super, super smart and, like, got these crazy LSAT scores and crazy grades in undergrad and have amazing resumes, You, I, I definitely felt scared and, like, um, had that imposter syndrome, especially, like, I don't know what it's like at Osgoode, but U of T really grades you on this curve situation um, that, like, pits everyone against each other, but... Um, So I definitely felt that, and I think uh, in first semester coming up on exams, they're all 100% finals for me. So you really have no validation throughout the semester that you are doing well or you're doing the right things. And so it was definitely a very scary exam season for me. But once I got through that and like got my grades back and everything was okay, now I feel like that imposter syndrome I feel like has kind of gone away a bit. Like I feel like okay, we're doing okay now. Um, but yeah, I don't know if that's, that's a good thing or not, because that does put a lot of pressure on your grades as well.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I, and well, listen, I, I won't even, we've talked on this show again about grades and that, but it's, I think that the, for sure in, in the case of when you're in your case and U of T's case in general, probably people think, oh, I'm not even sure I, I deserve to be here. And, and so it, it probably is heightened, I guess, the the imposter syndrome at U of T because you're at the top school. And unless you were you're, per, did a perfect LSAT and had 4.0 average, it, you probably think, oh, I don't know. I don't know how, I don't know why they picked me. But anyway, you want, I've maintained this position on this podcast quite a bit is that you do deserve to be there since you are there. <laughs> you got in. Somebody made the choice to have you. And so I agree. it it's It's okay to feel that way, uh, but it it's good that it kind of dissipates over time.
1: Yeah, and the more you get to know people, the more you realize they're just like normal <laughs> um, and flawed and like not perfect. So
0: yes, yeah, that's the good thing about people. They all. <laughs> They're all flawed, and, and yet they're all, you know, again, at law school, they're all going to be pretty intelligent people, They know, and, and some people have certain expertise in certain areas that you don't have, but you have your own expertise in your area. And I think working for a couple of years gives you some perspective that a lot of students don't have as well, right?
1: Yeah, I definitely had at the beginning of the semester more ability, I think, than some of my peers to like treat it like a nine to five in a way. I was able to sit down and like really focus. I feel like that has left me though. <laughs> as, oh. as you get more into the student life, I feel like your schedule just gets more and more. It gets away from you more and more, <laughs> but I definitely think that that, that was definitely good for me. And I want to get back to that.
0: Right. Well, yeah, I was going to say you've reverted to becoming a student again, even though you'd worked in the <laughs> in I the think real it does world, slowly.
1: It it's comes. definitely, but I, but still I do, I'm never one to stay up late. I will say you don't, you definitely don't need to stay up late in law school. I, I still don't. I still like relax and go to bed at a normal time every night, which <laughs> I don't think many of my friends do.
0: <laughs> no, I, I, I think that uh, does come from w- working for a few mm-hmm. years. But how's the how's the summer job going? Are you working harder at that than you? Well,
1: yeah, like I, I haven't started. I, I yeah. won't start until May 9th. That's
0: right. That's right. So
1: I don't know, but I'm I'm a bit concerned that it's going to be a lot of hours. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you're you're used to nine to five. Long. I'm used
1: to a nine to five job. Like it was very much. I never I never stayed on for past five <laughs> at my last job.
0: We won't. We won't broadcast that here. You, your employer won't want to hear that. But we don't need no. to say where you're going. <laughs> no, I'm, <laughs> I'm joking. That it's. Uh, I I don't know. And first, when you're in your summer first year, what I don't know how hard the firms work. You maybe that's something we could come. You can come back on the show and talk about how yeah. how that happened, how it worked out. So my other question about you then related to U of T because it is the reason you're on the show. You're from U of T. Did, did it meet meet your expectations completely
1: that's a good question i haven't really reflected a lot on that but i will say i i was a bit nervous about um the people like i don't know cuz reputa- the the T has a, a bad reputation in a sense that the people are all um i i guess the word is like gunners <laughs> i don't know if you've heard that
0: i have not but that's good to hear yeah
1: um gunners just tryhards is another I am a tryhard and a gunner so is everyone in law school but like to the extreme and um that like there's not much of a social aspect to this school and not a lot of camaraderie or community and um although it's definitely different from my undergrad experience at Laurier I found lots of really awesome people and especially during the pandemic like it's been a a, a social experience for me. So that, that kind of went against my expectations in a good way. Yeah. Um, and.
0: Well, and you said, sorry, I'll just interrupt. You yeah. said you have friends who. Yeah. Who've become they're going into public law. You're going to Bay street, but obviously uh, these are friends you've made there for the first yeah. time. Right. Yeah.
1: I was, I was honestly, I'm surprised at how close I am with this group that I've found like I feel like I've known them for years at this point, which has been really nice. They're all a bit younger than me, which is funny, too. <laughs> it kind of like just a few years younger, but I feel like less cool than them. But I like it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Keeps you younger, too. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah.
0: That's why profs stay in. We, we, I stay in school all the time. It makes me yeah. feel younger. <laughs> But yeah, okay. Well, that that's good. I I think again, I've talked about this on the podcast before. How you make lifelong friends in law school, and you you people don't realize that I think in a in a way. Then they should. It it's partly why I'm trying to educate people how important those relationships are that you establish in law school. Uh, did you? It find, makes such a difference. How did did you find them right away? These this group of friends first couple um, of weeks or pretty
1: yeah pretty early on. I remember um, we had like a social mixer at the very beginning of the year. And I remember hanging out randomly with this group of girls the whole evening. And then we kind of just stuck by each other (laughs) for the rest of the time. I think you just gravitate towards people that, um, are similar to you. Maybe, I don't know. I'm not really sure, but, um, but yeah, I I found them pretty early on and, and we've, 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 together so <laughs> yeah. which has been good
0: yeah uh well and it's true i think you'll uh, take my advice or take my uh my belief is you'll stay with them for the rest of your life some of them for sure uh, i feel that yeah assuming mm-hmm. unless some diff- drift off into other cities but even then you still probably stay in touch mm-hmm.
1: uh,
0: that's great any disappointments about choosing um time?
1: that's a good question as well i I think like it was academically pretty much what I expected. I mean, after doing the master's, I was kind of like used to a lot of heavy reading. Um, So that didn't really take me by surprise. But I did notice such a difference between first and second semester. And I would say if I started last this semester as my first semester of law school, it would be a little bit discouraging. I don't know what changed. Well, I do know what changed (laughs) all of my, all of my profs this semester decided to assign maximal readings and um, just fly through a lot of content, every single class. And I've just been like overwhelmed with information since January. Um, Whereas last semester I found it a lot more purposeful in like the reading choices and, meaningful discussions on each reading and I found it a lot more intellectually stimulating to like dive deeper into cases and really understand them rather than cover like 10 cases in a class so in that sense my one disappointment has been this semester I've just found myself like burnt out and on my last like (laughs) bit of energy just trying to keep up with these courses
0: okay well, I'm not gonna comment on the U of T's second term first year curriculum. <laughs> I mean, <but. laughs> I don't
1: think it's I don't think it's unique to U of T. I'm sure that it's unique to each prof, and like that could be the same in any law school. Yeah. Um, but I do find it makes such a difference your prof's approach.
0: Do you know there there's some, and I, I don't know this. This is a genuine question. I know that students give each year a certain like it uh, they capture the year in a in a word or phrase about you know difficulty and all that and I think they I'm sure everybody thinks that second year is where it's really even worse is that your understanding or do you have is there Mm.
1: I was told and this (laughs) this gave me hope I told that all of law school is just one L and then once you're done one L 2L and 3L are pretty much a breeze, but I don't know. I don't know if that's
0: true. So uh, for me, it was something like, and again, I don't remember the the buzzwords, but it's like first year you're learning stuff, and so it's all so new. Second year, it's just a grind with a lot of reading. And third year, you just coast because you don't really care anymore. (laughs) uh, But uh, it sounds like U of T. Maybe U of T just accelerates that so that first year, first term is what other people call first year all law school and winter term is what second year is and then you coast second and third year I don't know
1: yeah I don't know if it was intentional and and since the profs know that you're in second semester they go a bit harder on you or if it was just the nature of the profs that I got this semester yeah it's difficult to say
0: it might be a bit of both and I, I do think the profs do think that after one term you, you could kind of know the ropes and they can give you more I, I know because I do know that at oh, good the second term in first year is there's certainly more readings and okay so it, that's
1: I, I wasn't sure if that yeah. was like a
0: there's more on the plate too as well because I, and I, I think the idea is that you're supposed to be you know over that initial uh, trepidation and, and real innocence let's say and, <laughs> and and so that they can you can handle more but
1: yeah yeah. I would say like I don't know I I I just just as like a comment I just think that um it personally I thought that I learned more by doing less in a way last semester yeah and um felt mentally healthier than I do this semester so I think that there like if there's any like student law society challenged the reading amounts I would be all about (laughs) behind that because I think there is something to be said I felt like one of my most most rewarding classes assigned to the least amount of readings Yeah. so towards last semester 1L torts I learned so much and it was so interesting and we learned and we barely read <laughs> so that's
0: that's very interesting well and then you know again I'm gonna just say this without and it almost requires a whole series of podcasts but I I think that the methodology of learning in law school is not very good uh, in a lot of ways and it and it carries right through as a into the profession and that is the idea that you know lawyers often have to read so much stuff and yet most of it it, a lot of your time spent reading is actually spent skimming and making sure you're not you you know you're just skimming over the stuff that's irrelevant and trying to find out what is relevant in the reading so in a way you're uh, maybe we're teaching that skill early but it's a bizarre way of learning you're right i don't mm-hmm. think that's a, pedagogically that's not the way people learn mm-hmm. uh, and yet in the profession so you know you talk if you think of the apex of the profession as the supreme court of canada those judges are given 5000 pages of reading for each case and they're expected to kind of you know skim it distill it understand it or at least get to the gist of it And that, but that's, and that's part of the skill of being a lawyer. But I, again, I don't know.
1: So maybe it's good at teaching the skill of like reading a lot of material and synthesizing it, but it's not so not as good in my opinion at um, like getting that substantive understanding of the content when you're overwhelmed by different cases, I find.
0: No, and that's true. But, you know, but my, I guess my point was in a way it, it feeds on itself so when you're a litigator I don't know if you're gonna become a litigator but litigators often will just throw as much stuff at a problem as they can you know cases and materials in the hopes that something will stick but that's because mm-hmm. they in a way we've taught them that that you know you're, you should there should be there's all this stuff related to tort law let's just throw it all at the judge and see what happens um, so it 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 repeats itself is my point and I'm not yeah I, I don't know anyway
1: no, oh, yeah, I could. I think that makes sense.
0: <laughs> as I said, I, I could spend a number of podcasts trying to get through all of that. Uh, mm-hmm. All right. Well, listen, I, I'm going to ask you one final question, and then I think our time is up, which is what advice would you give to somebody looking to come to law school or, or any thoughts that you have that you might share with somebody coming into law school that you've learned that uh, would help them not go through some of the same, maybe... Problems or difficulties you faced.
1: This is a good question. I think if you're wondering about coming to law school, if you think you'll like it, I would say you probably will. I think it's amazing. It's if you're like if you enjoy school, I think you'll enjoy it. Um, and it, I think lots of opportunities can come from it too. So I don't think you can really go wrong. Um, so I definitely think it's a good choice, and not to be too nervous about that about not liking it because that was something i was nervous about and then the other thing i would say would be do the readings (laughs) (laughs) i think not falling behind in the readings is really helpful and um it makes the courses way more interesting if you know what the prof is talking about
0: (laughs) That's that's very good advice that of course i i approve of uh you wouldn't know this but in the very early podcast Episodes. I had a co-host who his name was Adam. He was a student at Osgoode. And he, we had this running gag, which we deliberately did on the podcast, which is I would assign him readings for the podcast. And he never did them. And <laughs> we joked about that I, each episode. I said, Adam, have you done your readings? No. Uh, I
1: mean, you'll meet students that will say they never do any readings in yeah. law school, that they just read briefs or they just go to lecture. But I do not understand that.
0: <laughs> no, you know they're full of shit. That's not... <laughs> <laughs> You know they do it, they're reading. They're just they're right? secretly doing them. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Kristen, for uh, joining me today. No
1: problem. It's
0: great.